0: welcome 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 back it is the i'm just talking podcast i am your host of course cello it has been about three weeks since i last recorded but believe me i have good reason for that um i'm doing a terrible job by the way of utilizing my I'm underscore just underscore talking Instagram. Um, you can find this podcast, if this is your first time listening, on Apple, Anchor, Amazon. I did that in alphabetical order on purpose. Spotify, the rest of it's not going to be. Google, uh, Overcast, CastBox, PocketCast, and Radio Public. Um, so uh, what had happened was couple of weekends ago, my brother was in town. He is, uh, he lives in Denver. He was in Fresno, which is like a three hour drive from where I live, uh, with his high school basketball team. And, you know, we don't get to see each other too much. So I went down there. Um, that was the weekend of like second, third, fourth or something like that. Went down that weekend, hung out with him and the basketball team, started feeling Sick on Tuesday and Wednesday, I tested myself for COVID, did not have COVID until I felt like shit the next day on the, on Thursday, then I tested positive for COVID. So for nine days, I was in bed. Uh, actually, no, I was in bed for seven days, and I just resurfaced out of bed on Friday um, for a little bit. Um, I didn't have a real, real bad case. That was pretty mild. Um, I got on that Plaxovid right away. Then it started making me itch and stuff. So, um, but anyway, I I think I've turned the corner today. I'll save this for the rest. So anyway, in the meantime, that Friday uh, is when uh, Jacob deGrom... I'm a huge Matt fan, by the way. Decided to sign with the Rangers. And then, if I remember right, either the day before or the next day is when Deion Sanders announced he was going to Colorado. Um, so those two things were my planned episode for the next week, um, which would have been that would have aired on the th- it would have been the 8th, 9th, 10th. guess that would have been the 12th. Um, and that didn't happen. I considered making a COVID episode, although I'm going to try to upload a video uh, about something that happened to me after COVID. But I just, my voice wasn't good. I wasn't feeling very well. And I didn't think I could carry a thought process. And frankly, I'm struggling right now for 30 minutes. So, um... What I had planned to talk about is how we kind of expect too much from our sports heroes. The Deion Sanders thing, there is a lot more embedded in that set of feelings that I really can't really relate to, you know, his being at a historically black college and, you know, leaving them for greener pastures and, and all of that. And that is a discussion that I'm not prepared to, to try to elaborate and make sense of um because frankly that's not it's not my community i i have great relationships with black people i love hip-hop music you know i i gravitate towards that kind of culture but at the end of the day it's not something that i understand so this is more of its simplest form. Jake DeGrom is a little bit more something I followed a little bit more, something that, you know, I, you know, DeGrom's been with the Mets since 2015. And anybody that listens to this, I'm not going to spit out a bunch of numbers because, frankly, I'm, I was sick and I didn't have the energy to look. But he was one of the better pitchers ever for the New York Mets. Came up in 15, was kind of a late bloomer. Um... 15, 16, 17 were really good years. I don't know the numbers. Uh, Wins Cy Young in 18 and 19. And he looks like he's, you know, the next coming. 20 and 21, he gets hurt. Well, 20 was different because that was the COVID year. Um, Gets hurt in 21. gets, Gets hurt again in... I think he might actually got hurt in 22. But anyway, he gets hurt and doesn't pitch very much. In... Forget what year. He signed. He signed like a four-year deal or something, with an opt-out for this summer. And this is where this all unravels for the Mets. In the meantime, Steve Cohen takes the takes the job, takes the team. I mean, buys the team. He gives, and Degrom had one of those, Will pond esque you know, D, I think he it was right after his first Cy Young. I think it was like in 2018. He he gets a decent deal. He's got like 30 something million dollars a year. You know, um, you know, with some friendly outs along the way. The Mets make a move for Lindor going into the 21 season, 10 years, 340 million dollars. And I think immediately he's like, no fuck that. But I think that that was also under Coen's watch, right? So not under the Wilpons. Apparently, somebody I remember, and I should quote this person, but somebody responded to some comments that I made on Twitter. I was pretty active on Twitter until I got sick on this whole thing, answering questions, putting my opinion out there. He tries to renegotiate, or the Mets try to renegotiate with him in good faith, you know, new owner. He wanted more money. Uh, that's the summer going into 21, it sounds like. they're yeah, going into the 21 season, he asks for something like six years, 180 million or something, 190, and they say no. Now keep in mind, I mentioned he was a late bloomer. He's go he's 32 at this point. Maybe, maybe 31 going on 32, something like that. He's older. He's coming off an injury season, that kind of a thing. And uh they say no. Then fast forward to not this to, to last offseason and they sign Scherzer 3 years um 130 something million dollars. Anyway, like 44 45 million dollars a year. He had to have gotten pissed off at that as well. Then he goes into this year, comes into the spring training, basically tells the world he's going to opt out and then gets hurt. And misses the entire year. So, he opts out. He didn't opt out as fast as I thought he would. He opts out. Um, Everything drags on. Reports are, you know, right leading up to this was that, you know, if deals are similar, he'd like to come back. He had, like, Mark Canna and other guys saying, oh, you know, he says he wants to come back, he likes it here. You know, places a value on winning, all this weird shit. He's somewhat out of nowhere, well, actually, before free agency started, there was reports that his agent reached out to the Rangers. He all but confirmed that in his conference. You know, there was mutual interest, we had been talking, blah, blah, blah. So he essentially picks the, the Rangers. Not essentially, he picks the Rangers. Five years, $185 million. It's like $37 million a year. Um, there is some kind of vesting option or something for a 60 year, $222 million. The most the Mets would offer him, or at least uh, uh, their, their offer up front was three years, $120 million, $40 million a year. And that gave them some protection. He'd be going into age 34. He had already been sort of injury prone. Um, and, you know, they're in win now mode. They're not trying to win. I mean, they want to win forever, but you know, the next three years is basically their window. It doesn't give the Mets a chance to to um, to counter. He picks the Rangers. So I go through all of that basically to say this. He knew at some point. That New York was the second place he wanted to be, whether that's the media scrutiny, whether that is the uh, the doubts from you know the fans if he's if he heard any about his health, whether that was the doubt from the New York Mets organization about his health, whether that was um, you know I, I've heard rumblings about. Something political, not political, but something about him being very routine and there was a lot of the COVID restrictions or something stupid. You know, whether, you know, Texas was the environment he wanted, whether he truly believes, like he said, that they're building a winning culture, which 101 wins, the 68 win team doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, or, you know, it was, he was slighted, he was pissed off. he, You know, it's like, and this is where I equate it. This is where I I get it. I understand. I was was upset. Like my brother was like, "Why are you so upset over this? You're a grown man." Well, for one, I thought with him, Scherzer coming back, if either you know, and then they could they could almost have returned their entire pitching staff at that point, and maybe they get one more starter. Maybe they could get Verlander in addition to you know whatever. So from just a baseball standpoint, I thought he was the guy. Um. In sidebar, I watched his, I live in Northern California. I met the seven line fan club um, up in Oakland, drug my son there to watch DeGrom pitch and he got his head kicked in. So whatever, but you always got that feeling like, you know, he didn't spend a lot of time with the team even while rehabbing. He just wasn't in it. Right. So it's like you work and in my case, work in restaurants. Right. So, you have a store, you're a general manager, you know, let's just say minimum wages right now is like 15 bucks an hour, right? You're paying these guys, they've worked with you for a while, they're at 15 bucks an hour, you hire somebody. Guy drops in your lap, he's, you know, you have sort of a, a younger crew, some kids that are, you know, they're partiers. You know, you, you, you have, you're looking for that one person to get you over the hump. And this guy walks in, you know, 10 years restaurant experience. He's served, he's bartend. you know, he's, he's, you know, managed here and there, but he's a little bit older and he's deciding that, you know, he doesn't want responsibility, but he needs 17 bucks an hour. You say, you know what, man, I think you're the guy. You know, I think you can help me. You know, um, I'm looking for somebody to step up as a manager. I don't know that I have anybody or people aren't interested or whatever. So you pay this guy 17 bucks an hour. Inevitably, somebody finds out about this. You have the one guy who's really reliable, or girl, that's reliable, that you sort of lean on, but doesn't want an official title. Or, and I've done this, you don't get that sense from them. You know, they either have, you know, a certain responsibility at home they've mentioned to you, to where, you know, I'm not available at night, or I can't work this day, or... You know, or they just seem sort of happy. They do their job. They go home. They're very good. So you don't offer that. So this person and this part, these two people get, and that person automatically feels slighted. And this actually happened to me most recently. um, We wanted to talk somebody out of quitting. We gave them a raise. The other girl didn't really approach us about getting a raise. We felt she was happy, found out that, she wasn't happy she was the better of the two and she left because she felt unappreciated by us so that's where Degrom was he was that 15 bucks an hour guy who did everything right who who you know helped you along the way was there for you at times and you just didn't think about him and then by the time you go to think about him he pumps the brakes and he's like no it's fine he doesn't let on anything is crazy Then he goes out and he looks for another job and finds a greener and finds what he thinks is a greener pasture, finds more money, whatever. And that's essentially what I think happened with DeGrom. And can you fault him for that? As a fan? Yeah, you do. Because we're stupid. We live vicariously. Anybody who really likes baseball thought one day they were gonna play in the major leagues. You know, anybody who like me who lives vicariously through like all of my sports sports heroes, he wasn't really my hero, but you know who lives vicariously through these guys um, and is somewhat sentimental. Like, we go out, we win a World Series. Like, you know, you'd be like, man, you know, we got it. doesn't matter that he's not here, but a part of you is like, you know, he should be a part of this. Or he goes out and wins a World Series somewhere else, and you go, how come that guy wouldn't do that for us? So basically, what I'm saying is, is, just because Jacob deGrom is 100-mile-an-hour fastball, you know, low 90 slider, two-time Cy Young Award winner, you know, a 1.06 ERA, you know, and homegrown talent and, you know, one of the greatest pitchers of the last five years doesn't mean he doesn't have human emotion. Doesn't mean that in his own reasoning – his own sort of thought process is, once he felt disrespected, once he felt unwanted, once he felt un- unloved or whatever, unappreciated. it was like any other relationship. He's like being that server who doesn't get as much money as the guy you hire. And that happens a lot. Guy comes into a company, you're looking for a certain something, you give you know the new guy a little bit more money than the regular guy, And, you know, the other guy goes and finds money somewhere else. And it's what it is. Like, I don't buy the fact that they're going to be a winning team. I hope they don't win a World Series anytime soon. I don't wish bad on him. Um, But I don't think we did him dirty. I think ultimately three years, $120 million in the short term is a lot more. You know, you also take into account this might be his last big contract. And he basically took the bag. He took some he took anywhere between sixty-five and over a hundred million dollars more. Like generational money. What are you gonna do? Be pissed? I wish he so far, at least anyway, he hasn't, you know, sent out a thank you to the fans. He hasn't sent a thank you to the new New York Mets organization. He's not gone out with class for a guy who's somewhat short, soft spoken. Um, and it's going to be very weird seeing him in a Texas Rangers uniform, but he did what anybody did—he took the bag. Um, so whatever. Um, only thing I can really say about the Deion Sanders situation is he was at a place that was real successful for the real successful. Um, again, he 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 thinks that there's greener pastures. There is, again, there's a lot more at play here. Um, But again, you build a resume to move on to the next, you know, the next thing, the next payday, the next pay scale, the next, you know, you work for a smaller company that's making some waves. Maybe you go to a bigger company, you know, to get more recognition or something. I don't know. Um, You know, he... He did what he set out to do, supposedly. You know, there's all these other again, other innuendo and other dynamics at play, but maybe it's not as dramatic for that. Maybe it's just, hey, I did X, Y, and Z. Now I need, you know, take care of X, Y, and Z. I mean, I don't know. Um, so, essentially, it, it, on the DeGrom side, he felt slighted. He was looking for an out. That's like, you know, you have your girlfriend, you know, when you were young you didn't want to be with her anymore and she wants to go hang out with the girls and you pick a fight with her and you break up with her. It's essentially what DeGrom did. He didn't want to be there. He knew he didn't want to be there. You know, when the guy announces he's opting out at the beginning of his, the beginning of the the spring and then there's no deal at the end, you know he's as good as gone unless you overwhelm him. And they didn't overwhelm him. And he wasn't overwhelmed by the, the pros- prospect of the future or being a World Series champion or winning sooner rather than later. He took the out. He took the out. He took the bag. Good for him. I do want to spend a couple of minutes. And again, I really, really would love to dig into Deion Sanders. I, I just, not being a black man in particular or being a, a black person, I I don't understand that dynamic. I don't understand... Um, that sort of hurt or perceived betrayal. I I don't, I, I understand why it's being said. Um, I don't follow college football in general enough to know, um, but you know, he's moving up for good or for better or worse. And, um, it's, it's what it is, um. Hopefully he made the right decision get, uh, professionally like DeGrom. Um, I, I feel like he'll be more successful than DeGrom and I would love for him to uh, do well and win a bowl game at, a, you know, what do they call it, a power five or whatever, you know, and, and, and elevate the status of, you know, a coach coming from a historically black college. That's my take on it. But again, I'm not black, so maybe I'm wrong. I do want to say that um it took me nearly three years to catch COVID. um i still wear a mask when i I work because the nature of my job i'm in and out of different places different cities different different stores um on the personal level um i have everything but the by by booster um ultimately i think that helped me have more of a mild case um I did take the other medicine. Um I'm obviously not an anti vaxxer and I really don't give a shit if you are. Um for me personally, um had I caught it in the beginning, I would have been scared to death. Um cuz I always feel like it could be my luck to be the bad the bad shit. Um I am literally the last person in my family that got it, my my son, my daughter my girlfriend, my grandson, my son-in-law, my brother-in-laws, my mother-in-law. Everybody has gotten it. My mother-in-law, my my son, and my girlfriend all got it on a trip we were all on, and I didn't get it. So I finally got it. What I will say is, even though I didn't lose smell or taste, everything is salty. Every and I hate and I salt is like the worst spice seasoning. It's not really a spice, I guess it's a seasoning. And that shit messed up my tongue a little bit. Um, real bad headaches. Very stuffy. Um, lots of boogers and full nose. Um, I had a fever for about three days. Um, and the other thing I'd want to say is the fucking guidelines couldn't be any more confusing. They, they really couldn't. You know, if you're... And, and I think that's the worst part about this. So I'm looking up and I'm trying to figure out like, you know, what's my, my quarantine time when I stood so far. So, so for example, today is either day 10 or day 12. My first started feeling sick Tuesday, Tuesday evening. Um, Didn't think much of it. Um, I have a very different nasal issue to begin with. That was never really a problem. Never had a sore throat. Um, So I didn't think much of it. Wednesday comes around. I don't feel bad, but I got a little bit of a cough that started on Tuesday. Um, No headache, really. Um, Just kind of felt different. Thursday gets worse. Positive note, negative on Wednesday, positive on Thursday. So do I count day zero as Tuesday? Because I actually felt sick. Or do I count day zero as Thursday when I tested? And then they'd say you don't have to test, but if you test, then you could take off the mask. You could end isolation after day five with the mask if you don't have a fever after 24 hours. But if you have a fever and symptoms, then you have to mask through day 10. If you have severe illness, it's different than if you have a mild or moderate illness. And it's very fucking confusing. Um the the Plaxavin, I think, helped me through the first three and a half days when you start looking at the side effects of that stuff and if you're like me and you already kind of have a you know an issue with your with your cholesterol and you're because you you have fatty liver disease which I shouldn't drink in the first place but you know you start getting nervous then again I didn't shower like I was itchy but then again I didn't shower for like 5 days. I didn't brush my teeth for 5 days. I you know I didn't do nothing for 5 days. I think on day 5 or 6 is when I finally showered for the first time. So take care of yourselves. Make the decision you think is right for yourself. Um, you know, definitely have some personal responsibility in there. Um, the first time I was around my family was day eight after testing, which by the guidelines, if I'm understanding them, I could have been around people with a mask on. Cause I haven't had my mask on off around people. Like I'm sitting in my room by myself and I have a mask off, but, um, you could do that after day five but I'm nervous. I'm nervous. They're going to get sick now. Although again, they've had, they had COVID like four months ago, four and a half months ago, because it would have been August, September, October, November. Yeah. Right around five months ago. You know what I mean? So they should be, they should be good. They shouldn't, you know what I mean? So, but you never know. Um. Just weird. Just, just very, very strange. So take care of yourselves. COVID's still out there. The flu's out there. RSV is out there. People are just getting sick. I think one of the things maybe we do as a society is when you get sick, you mask up and, you know, hopefully that helps the world. So, um, appreciate you guys listening. Um, appreciate you coming back. Um, a couple of my other episodes have gotten hits while I was sick. Um, decent one on my Thanksgiving stuff about eight of them. Uh, You know, I'm approaching 1,300 total listens. Um, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Um, uh, Yeah, it was just a weird 10 days. So I love y'all. Back to health, hopefully. And um, thanks for listening again. Anchor, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google. Overcast, Castbox, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Um, I'm underscore just underscore talking. Remember, you guys, respect, unity, equality, and always love. Talk to you next week.